Welcome back. Let's talk about identification procedures this week. And these are the processes by which we have victims and witnesses identify someone who has committed a crime, generally done through things like lineups where there are multiple people brought in to stand in the line and one is the suspect. And this is done to see if the victim or witness picks that person. You've likely seen a version of this through movies or through TV shows. There's also photo arrays where we show the victim or witness photos of different people to see if they can select the suspect. And there's even show ups which are typically done in the field where the officer will bring um, one suspect to see if the victim or witness can I indeed identify that person as the person who committed a crime. And we'll mainly talk about lineups and photo arrays for the rest of this episode, FYI. And for the sake of time, we'll talk about um, just crimes committed by strangers to an unknown party. Because if a crime is between known parties, the identification is easy and doesn't really need to go through these same types of processes. So to start, let's first start with the problems associated with identifications to help frame this issue and why it's important. So while we assume that people would be able to recall the, what happens right in front of them, it isn't always the case that they do a very good job with it. While it's easy to identify someone you know, strangers are rarely able to truly recall what they saw, even when it happens right in front of them. I highly encourage you to watch that 60-minute special um, video for the week. Jennifer was the victim, and she said she studied her rapist face and knew that it was Ronald Cotton but it actually wasn't him. And unfortunately, the story isn't all that rare, as I witnessed that misidentification is the leading cause of wrongful conviction in the United States. According to the National Registry of Exonerations, there have been nearly 3,000 exonerations in this country. And again, misidentification is a leading cause of these. Another impactful organization that contributes to the literature about this issue is the Innocence Project, and they've worked on about 700, or sorry, 375 DNA-related cases. And again, eyewitness identification or misidentification plays a role in the majority of wrongful convictions, as this was a contributing factor in nearly 70% of the cases that they've worked on where they've determined that the individual incarcerated wasn't actually guilty. So why does this all matter? Well, it means that our justice system doesn't work perfectly and that justice is compromised because in many cases of wrongful conviction, the real perpetrator is left out in society to commit more crimes, furthering more victimizations. And so the real question too, though, is, well, why does this happen then? And why aren't witnesses good at identification? Are they just awful people who willfully want to get the wrong person in trouble? And I'm glad you asked that portion, as to answer that last question, it's usually a no. There are a variety of intercepting variables um, here that instead explain this phenomenon that happens. First, people are not perfect at recalling information in general. And when we don't have all the necessary memory, we sometimes make up certain factors to fit into our memory. This is called false memories. And it certainly plagues our witnesses' abilities to recall information, especially from really traumatic events. In addition to this, people are not good at identifying people from racial groups outside of their own. So if the victim and offender are from different racial groups, the odds of a good identification go down. And we see this play out in the literature as a highly disproportionate amount of African Americans are included in who has been wrongfully convicted. And who do you think their victims were? You guessed it. In many instances, they were white. 
Additionally, the police pay, play a big role in witness identification. The police conduct the lineups and photo arrays. And when the police think they have the right person, they're bound to give subtle clues to the victim or witness during the identification process. So during the lineup or photo array, they may say things like, good job, you did great, or you picked the right person, etc. Or they may simply smile or clap or give body language that tells the victim or witness that they did a good job. Again, think back to Ronald's case. The police continually gave feedback to Jennifer that she had picked correctly. And when this feedback is consistent, because remember, it may come from multiple occurrences, like at the lineup or photo array, with meeting with the police, practicing for being on the witness stand, um, et cetera, et cetera. And when over and over again, you've been told that you did it right, you start to believe yourself too. Again, listen to Jennifer's words about this. Additionally, the way that police give lineups and photo arrays also matters. If they give you what's called a six pack of photos for a photo array and tell you to pick the criminal, you're likely going to pick the one who closest resembles the offender, even if the person isn't actually there. Research has been done to confirm this time and time again. So what can be done better? Well, what's called double-blinded procedures should be used where the police involved in the identification process should not know who the suspect is at all. They should be a neutral officer who cannot accidentally give the victim or witness feedback. Additionally, six-pack lineups should be fully abandoned and instead photos should really be given one at a time. And with the victim or witness not knowing how many photos you're going to have. So you let them look at one and then you move on until you reach the end. And you may have four or you may have six, or eight, or nine, or 10. Nobody really knows how many photos you actually are holding. And so this way, the person reviewing them cannot simply compare them to each other to pick the one that most looks like the perpetrator. So there you have it. We have a lot of problems when it comes to identification. Are you really all that surprised? By this point in the term, you probably recognize that flaws in the system are a consistent theme here. But we can fix these issues. Many agencies have implemented changes to help remedy and control these issues already. So I hope you enjoy looking over the California Penal Code this week to see what we're doing here in California about these things. All right, until next time.